morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to uh, Cedar season, Ben. Hopefully you won't be here long enough to, to be too affected by it. <clears throat> um, this last week, we set our Rahatsu Sashin, which is the Sashin that celebrates the Buddha's awakening. So several of us sat for five days um, doing an awful lot of sitting meditation. And uh, at one point, um, something popped up in my, a memory popped up in my mind that I had not thought of for years and years and years, which was when I first started practice, I remember... And I, and I mean fresh. It was very fresh into practice. Uh, I remember sitting and thinking, I'll have this down in about six months. I'll have this down in about six months and, and then I can move on. And that arose a couple of times in the very beginning. So 20 years later, I still have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, which is not a discouragement. You know? uh, so for those of you listening on the internet, uh, just keep going. Just keep going. Even when you're sure or not sure. You just keep going. That's the only way through. That's the only way through. So the Buddha addressed his monks and said, Monks, there are five courses of speech that others may use when they address you. <clears throat> Their speech may be timely or untimely, true or untrue, gentle or harsh, connected with good or with harm, spoken with a mind of loving kindness or in a mood of hate. When others address you, their speech may be timely or untimely, when others address you, their speech may be true or untrue. When others address you, their speech may be gentle or harsh. When others address you, when others address you, their speech may be connected with good or with harm. When others address you, their speech may be spoken with a mind of loving kindness or a mood of hate. Herein, monks, you should train thus. Quote, our minds will remain unaffected and we shall utter no bitter words. We shall abide compassionate for their, wealth, for their welfare with a mind of loving kindness, never in a mood of hate. 
We shall abide, pervading that person with the mind imbued with loving kindness. And starting with that person, we shall abide, pervading the all-encompassing world with a mind imbued with loving kindness, abundant, exalted, immeasurable, without hostility and without ill will. This is how we should train. So the Buddha is saying we shouldn't hold it against someone even if they're saying nice things to us. creating the space, all of it is creating the space for transformation. The transformation trans is across, formation is change, to, to change across, change over. So there was a remarkable event that happened this time of year, 105 years ago. <clears throat> I don't think it was um, spoken of very much by the military because in the military's point of view, it was a very shameful thing that happened. And that was... Christmas of 1914, the Germans and the British were deadlocked on uh, the front. And one evening, some of the British soldiers were in their trenches and they heard, they heard singing. They heard singing from the other side. And soon the the Germans began to call out to the English, hey, come on out, come on out. And what happened was, was an informal truce broke out in the midst of some really horrific fighting. <clears throat> and uh, what happened was over a period of days, the Germans and the British soldiers became friends. They began hanging out in the no man's land between the two trenches, singing Christmas carols, playing soccer, exchanging Christmas presents. And naturally this did not go over well with the people in the higher ranks. The brass did not like that. And they said, knock it off. But they, they wouldn't, and it actually began to spread. And so uh, they were fine, the, the, uh, the British brass were finally able to make the English stay in their trenches. They declared the truce over. But, the, but uh, they couldn't shoot at each other anymore. And that's such a sweet, such a sweet thing, you know. These formerly faceless people wearing different uniforms, 
previously were shooting at each other, killing each other, and now because the British are sitting there saying, my friend is over there, I can't shoot at my friend. And they refused to fight. They refused to fight. And so the solution that the British came up with was to remove all of the British soldiers in that area who had been part of it, move them to another part of the front and bring in troops that did not know the Germans. And then the, they were able to resume the fighting and the killing and the slaughter. And this, this story isn't well known because um, you know, they don't want you to know about it. <laughs> You can't be a very conducive fighting force if you're making friends with the people you're supposed to be harming. Uh, and in fact, um, when you read story, when you uh, listen to interviews or read stories about um, soldiers who have killed and they see the person that they've killed, it's deeply traumatizing to them because they're often about the same age as them. And they realize, oh, that that actually could have been me. And in doing so, in, in, in killing, we actually kill a part of ourselves. Um, so, it's really interesting, like in this case, in this very specific case, this loving kindness was uh, generated as a result of just not fighting. Of just finding out about the others, the uh, the other, getting to, getting to see the humanity. And loving kindnesses, it's the first of the four Brahma Viharas, or the heavenly abodes. And uh, the definition of it is uh, to wish for the to wish for the welfare and the happiness of all beings. why these guys couldn't shoot or wishing for the welfare and the happiness of the Germans they were facing and I think the Germans were doing the same. So the Buddha says he spent seven years cultivating loving kindness. Seven years. Seven years. It, it's, a, it's a deliberate effort. Even for, even for someone like the Buddha it's a deliberate effort to cultivate loving kindness, to let go of the mind that, that knows and to open up to not knowing. So seven years cultivating it. So the path of cultivating loving kindness is in itself the path of purification. So by, by because what we are doing in that uh, moment, when we are cultivating loving kindness or metta, we're actually renouncing ill will. So we begin, uh, our lives may be full of ill will, or we may have a lot of ill will towards someone or a group, someone who looks different wears a different outfit. 
but the more we renounce that ill will, the more we actually detach from it, begin to detach from it and begin to turn toward the path of loving kindness. So that process of detachment from one and turning to the other is the path of purification. So there are two enemies, ironic, ironic uh, terms in Buddhism, there are two enemies in uh, loving kindness, or actually any of the Brahma Viharas. There's the, the far enemy and the near enemy. And uh, the far enemy of loving kindness is ill will, uh, hatred, wishing harm, anything that really separates. Just about any of the negative emotions are going to be associated with ill will in some way. The near, the near enemy, so we talk about the far enemy and the near enemy. The far enemy is the one that is the most unlike the quality that we're describing. The far enemy is the near enemy is the one that's very easily confused for the quality that we are uh, striving to cultivate. So the, the near enemy of, um, of loving kindness is uh, selfish affection or uh, attachment, like uh, over, over attachment. So, it's, so basically, <coughs> think about ill will, it's kind of making it about the, the them show, right? It's all about them. Whereas the near enemy is, what's in it for me? It's like, how does this make me feel good? When actually what it does is really confuse the, the boundary between uh, loving kindness and uh, over-attachment or selfish affection. And the Buddha actually uh, experienced these in his, in his life. His growing up, as you know, he was, um, grew up basically in a pleasure palace. He had anything and everything he could possibly want. Uh, so he was deeply attached to that world. It was a world that wasn't based in any kind of reality because of the way it had been set up. But it kept him from seeing any of the suffering that happens in life. So, so the near enemy for him was living in the pleasure palace. The far enemy was the ascetic, the ascetic practice that he took on after he left home, where he, the body was seen as a hindrance, that the way to be free from suffering was to renounce the body, to, to abuse the body. So he, he went for a long period of time without, with, with eating the bare minimum to stay alive, he became emaciated, and was really doing a lot of harm to himself. And when he finally realized that, you know, this is, this is not working out so well, it's, it hasn't really changed my suffering. If anything, I'm probably suffering more. 
um, particularly since, uh, as some of you have heard me say, uh, during the height of his ascetic practice, when if he was seen laying down, he was often mistaken for a corpse. He was so wrung out and emaciated. And, uh, and according to the to the uh, ascetic practice at the time, that the flesh was seen, the body was seen as a hindrance, was seen as a hindrance to ending suffering, to waking up, to being a Buddha. And right now we seem to be, based on my uh, just one person's very narrow point of view, it seems we are in a period of a lot of ill will in our country where we're picking and choosing, taking, defending sides and uh, planting our flag in the ground. And uh, there's a lot of uncivil discourse. Unfortunately, it seems to be happening. And this is, uh, there's actually a phenomenon called uh, emotional contagion. And it happens with uh, uh, mobs. Even when people are out, people are out. Uh, I actually remember it happening when I lived in, in Ann Arbor and Michigan won the 1989 national championship the, 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 the uh, basketball team did and I was working I was working security at a hospital and I could hear I could hear the mayhem downtown and folks that initially had turned up to celebrate began turning over cars and burning things and uh, there's a way in which uh, a perfectly rational person might get swept up in the emotion and think, oh, that, that sounds like a really good idea. Burn this police car. <laughs> or a business, you know. So there's, uh, there's a way in which, uh, because we have a natural inclination to want to be with like-minded folks, there's a danger in that. We can get we can get swept up in um, otherism and creating difficulties, creating ill will, thinking that bad ideas are actually good ideas. And we never know. We never know how it's going to happen or how it's going to manifest. We have, as as Brother David Steinbrust says. We have to be willing to let ourselves be surprised. You know, this is his. Um, this is his key for uh, for uh, cultivating gratitude. Was simply having the willingness to let ourselves be surprised. It may be. The surprise of someone holding the door open for us, or in innumerable small gestures, 
that can be um, that we can experience if we open to it. And sometimes they're not so small. Sometimes they're not small at all. Uh, at this same hospital where I was working, um, a patient shot and killed a doctor in the exam room. In the exam room. And uh, when I, I hadn't known about it, but when I got into work, this was a couple of hours after, I think, it had happened. Um, I was assigned to stand um, uh, outside the room where the shooting happened and make sure nobody went in because it was still a crime scene. So, as you can imagine, it was, it was a mess. The room was a mess. There was, um, you know, the doctor had been taken to the ER to try to save him, but uh, they could not. But uh, as I was standing there, there was a, a, the whole clinic had closed after that, and uh, there was one of the one of the women in reception was hanging around, and just there was. A lot of tension still. There was a lot of fidgetiness. And um, one of the detectives was there with me. And she said, is there anything you need? Is there anything that I can help with? And um, the detective said, no, no, um, thank you very much. Uh, you've done. You've done all you can. Really appreciate. You know, really appreciate you uh, staying around. But um, they're taking care of him now, and uh, you can go on home. And she was really at a loss to what to do, and she was able to take it in. And, and I was very surprised uh, because police officers aren't often seen as compassionate. But I was really surprised by the way that he was able to meet this person. He was able to meet this woman to, to uh, acknowledge her suffering. And after, and after she left, um, he said, yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the um, uh, trademarks of trauma is hanging, staying around the scene of the event, you know, just wanting to do something, wanting to do anything. Um, and uh, I was, that moment was very struck with, with the uh, expression of humanity uh, that was displayed in, in that moment. This, 30 years later, it still sticks with me. It still sticks with me. You know, this, this, this uh, amazing gesture in the, uh, in the presence of trauma, being able to see someone suffering, to reach out, to be compassionate, to wish 
for the welfare and the happiness of, of other beings. You know, she was expressing it, wanting to help, and he was expressing it by helping. You see things like this all the time working in a hospital. You know, these little these little acts, these small kindnesses. Uh, it's quite an amazing thing to see over and over again. And you see some not so nice stuff. But the important thing is to take away, is to, is to pay attention, to feed the, the helpful events and not to overemphasize the negative. This is, this is how we can actively cultivate this mind of loving kindness and compassion is knowing where to turn our attention. It doesn't mean that we turn a blind eye to injustice. We have to address it, but we do it with, with loving kindness and compassion. So it's, it's my hope. It's my hope that uh, as, we, as we close out this this year, and today is the first day of winter. It's the shortest day of the year. The days begin to get longer after this, so we get to turn toward the light again, uh, starting tomorrow. They start getting a little bit longer. That um, we can all do our best to cultivate this. And I will do my best as well, too. So I stand in front of you, or sit in front of you, and say, yes, I'm going to continue to do my best as well, too. This is what, what a gift. What a gift we get to give to each other, to be present with each other, to love each other, to support each other. It's amazing. It is amazing. So uh, what we'll do is we'll conclude with chanting the, the Metta Sutta. And it's the, the Wednesday, it's the Wednesday chant in that, in the chant book. <clears throat> Loving kindness meditation. This is what should be accomplished by the one who is wise, who seeks the good and has obtained peace. Let one be strenuous, upright, and sincere, without pride, easily contented and joyous. Let one not be submerged by the things of the world. Take upon oneself the burden of riches. Let one's senses be controlled. Let one be wise, but not puffed up. And let one not desire great possessions, even for one's family. Let one do nothing that is mean, or that the wise would reprove. May all beings be happy. May they be joyous and live in safety. All living beings, whether weak or strong, high or middle or little realms of existence, small or great, visible or invisible.
been, let no one deceive another, nor despise any being in any state. Let none by anger or hatred wish harm to another, even as a mother at the risk of her life watches over and protects her only child. So with a boundless mind should one cherish all living things, suffusing love over the entire world above the way with gratitude, not holding to fixed views, endowed with insight, freed from sense appetites, one who achieves the way will be freed from the duality of birth and death. So may all beings be happy and know the causes of happiness. May all beings be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. May all beings live in peace and experience the causes of peace. Thank you very much. Are there any questions or comments, observations?